This is Three Valleys radio coverage. Oh, what a shot that is! Of Yeovil Town Football Club, direct from Hewish Park. There's no room. No space to rent in this town. You're out of luck. And the reason that you had to care, the traffic is stuck. And you're not moving anywhere. You thought you found a friend to take you out of this place. Someone you can lend a hand in return for grace. It's a beautiful day. It's time for the Glover's Oldies. Join us each week as we talk to old Glovers players from the past. Good evening. Welcome to Glover's Oldies. This week we've caught up with ex-Glover Anthony Barry, uh, true scouser that he is, and also big Jimmy Agri. So sit back and enjoy, and we're going to start off with Mr. Anthony Barry. Pretty well during that period of time, from what I can remember. Yeah, too well for my liking. I've seen your big, big, massive heads every single day. But to be fair, mate, you lightens up me lightens up me days to come into work, spend time with you before I spend time with the physios. Uh, I know, mate, he was a great pal to me down there because, as I said, I was only a baby, a little bit out of my depth, a young man trying to find out who I was as a fella and as a player. Um, so it was always nice to see a smiling face in yours. Well, it was always sort of kind of unique, really. It was there was a scouser and me being a big mank, you know. It was uh, <laughs> <laughs> we had some times together, didn't we? We did, mate, yeah, we did. A lot of it was football bands at about Man United yeah. and Liverpool. And back then, yous were, yous were not winning leagues like they were going out of fashion and Liverpool were struggling. But it's quite ironic that I'm back on the phone to you today and Liverpool are about to win leagues. Yeah, well, Man you... United are struggling. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, oh, well, they're not struggling now. We've got Oli Gunnar back. But um, I, I kind of, from what I remember, did you not lose yesterday? Uh, or was it another Manc team that beat you again? It was, but the day you're celebrating Manchester City victories, H, you've lost yourself. Okay? Oh, don't you worry, I wasn't celebrating at all. I wanted a draw. <laughs> <laughs> I needed you both to drop points. But listen, go back, go back to Yeovil Town. You, you played 64 games for Yeovil, so that wasn't a... In fact, that's the most games, according to Wikipedia, that you've played for any of your teams. It was, yeah, and it was a, it was a part of my career that I look back on fondly. I sort of played some decent football. I had spells where I looked like becoming a really good player. I also had spells when I was a poor player. Um, so it was mixed performance over the three seasons I was there. Hampered by injury, probably at my best form. 
when we went to the playoff run uh, Nottingham Forest and then obviously on to Blackpool where we lost at Wembley mm. uh, and from there from the playoffs I think I was on great form uh, had a lot of interest that summer to leave the club decided to stay and then the following season didn't really live up to my own performance and expectations so that was probably the biggest frustration for me the final season because I felt I was at an age and an experience to really press on and you know looking back I never let myself down in truth Can you remember the trip back from Nottingham on the bus? For sure, I can, mate. Yeah, one of the best. Yeah. And we stopped at Tesco's, do you remember, to get some food yeah. <laughs> and uh, and liquid refreshment, of course. <laughs> I think them celebrations with deserved dates, I think what we pulled off on that night. Oh, that. yeah. It was, a, it was a fantastic yeah. night, that was. I mean, that goes down in my memory of 15 years there, one of one of the 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 days and nights of, of working for the club. It was only three, really. That one, beating Brentford at Wembley and uh, beating Villa, uh, no, well, not Villa, Stevenage at Villa Park. Those three yeah. games were, were real standouts for me. Yeah, I think when you look back at it, I think so many people have written us off. We were 2-0 down from the first leg at home. Not for us, we're ob- obviously a, a colossus of a club. Great history, great team, full of stars at the level. Um, and people considered us, like they often do, little old Yeovil and we'd mm. be knocked over. But there's something special about the club. There's always a certain spirit. There's always something about getting the unexpected done. And that was just another part of Yeovil's recent history, really, where they've knocked over bigger giants, bigger budgets, and bigger clubs. But it's, it seems ironic looking at the, you know, what happened after us Chester City, Wrexham, Fleetwood, Forest Green, Accrington, Wrexham. Uh, but you've really now you've hit the, the jackpot in that you, you've, you've got to be first team coach at Wigan Athletic, which is you know uh, a, a huge step for a big club and a, a man like you. It's, it's brilliant, I think. Oh yeah, of course. I think I think that was also injury led. I had the same injury at Fleetwood days twenty four, and I think once I had that that injury again, I realised my playing career wasn't going to fulfil me. It wasn't going to be the career I'd always dreamt of and and envisaged. And at the age of twenty four, I turned a lot of my energy to the coaching. Uh, done a lot of my badges really early, and really started to to gain a, a name and a reputation at a young age, age 28, mm. 29, getting offered managers' jobs within your uh, Europa League teams and stuff like that. And it would have been great for me profile to take them jobs, but it just felt like it weren't right. Um, I got to age thirty, and Paul Cook rang me down at Portsmouth to come down as first team coach. Um, which was a big decision because I was still playing, enjoying my football, but I just felt that this coaching this coaching path was going to be one that could really excel in. Uh, so I retired age 30, took a first-team coach at Portsmouth, which made me um, youngest in the country by some distance. So, yeah, it's been going really well, mate. Yeah, going great. And you obviously followed Paul Cook to, to Wigan Athletic. I mean, how long have you been at Wigan now? This is our second season now, so uh, last year we were in League One, unfortunately it's enough to to be champions, and then this year we're in the big old Wiley division of the championship, which Yeovil know only too well about in recent times, and yeah. the teeth that the championship level can show, so in the, in the two years at Wigan it's been one of success and winning every week, and this year it's about showing different characteristics and learning to battle and fight, and and really hold our own with the big boys. You've had a little bit of a poor run lately, haven't you? For sure, mate, yeah. I think uh, I think with a squad like ours, with the lack of depth, once we get a few injuries and suspensions, 
it can really show in, in results. So at the minute we're finding it tough. But we've lost no belief. That's the truth, age. We know we've got good lads, lads who we trust. We know we're good players and we're good staff in general. So I'm uh, quite certain we'll be fine. And you've got a couple of ex Yeovil players. Well, when I say ex Yeovil players, sort of ex loan Yeovil players, should we put it that way? In in the shape of Dan Byrne and um, Sean McDonald, yeah? Oh, two amazing lads, age. Uh, great lads, great characters. We speak all the time about Yeovil. I think Yeovil's one of them clubs that once you've played for it, you understand it. So myself, Dan and Sean, we always keep an eye on the results. We're always checking. You know, there's still many people down there who we stay friends with. It's just that type of club. Once you've played for them, you have an affiliation with them that you don't forget. No, that's right. Absolutely. And Yeovil at the moment are struggling a little bit themselves, unfortunately. Well, they have done for the last two or three years now, really. Um, it's not easy to, to take, really, after the, the years of success, you know. Yeah, for sure. I'd imagine there's a frustration down there right now, but the fans the fans within Yeovil know how to back the club and support the club. I think in recent times, I think certainly of late, the results won't have been like everyone have wanted, but you look at the table, the games in hand, I'm sure Yeovil will be fine this year. They always find a way to really stabilise towards the end of the seasons, and I'm pretty sure they'll end up finishing mid-table again, which, you know, it isn't everyone's dream or ambitions down there, but possibly another season of stability to move forward again next year well I'm sure Darren Way will be pleased to hear your comments anyway that's for sure <laughs> so... yeah 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 Darren's gained experience all the time now he's no, no longer a, a younger manager in his infancy so he's been through this before and I'm sure he'll find a way out looking back to the days of Yeovil what, what would you say was your your most significant day at Yeovil would it be in the, the playoff final at Wembley I think, I think possibly the biggest day, but the one I'd like to look back and remember must be Notts Forest Day. I'd like to look back on the old experience positively. So yeah. the one I'd like to remember was Nottingham Forest. I remember our away support. I remember celebrating in front of them after the game and really seeing the faces, H, of what it meant to them. It was, uh, so, it it was, was something now that even sitting on the phone to you, it sends... Yeah, it sends uh, tingles up my back. It was just an amazing day, mate, and the fact that we got to take everyone to Wembley on the back of such a massive result. It was, it, you know, we had such a team spirit at that time, mate. You remember yourself, the feeling mm. around the club mm. was electric. We had a great set of lads, and you know that's something you over must get back to now. They've always had success based on team spirit and togetherness yeah. between the players and the fans, and that's something that must be unified and brought back together. I, I remember, um, you know, in particular that 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 not Nottingham Forest game. Um, the, the whole when you say, I, I mean, I I had to go back into the, the dressing rooms, and the state in the dressing room was just unbelievable. I've I've, I've witnessed quite that at Wembley when we beat Brentford. I mean, just unbelievable joy and euphoria. It was brilliant. Yeah, that's the gift of football. It's, that's why we're all involved for them days because. Yeah. I think you take down to your deathbed for all the rough and tumble and for all the down days, which certainly comes with football and elite sport. It's only because you're only ever chasing them highs and the dedication, the sacrifice, the work that goes into them days is all worth it when you are rewarded, as we keep mentioning, the 5-2 victory at Notts Forest. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So so how do you see the future going there then, um, Scouse? What, what do you see, What do you see? you know, your next targets, really? Aids just keep working away and part of an amazing staff here Paul Cook's one of the most successful managers in English football I think in the last five years he's had three promotions and two playoffs he's an amazing mentor for me at the time I get on great with him 
um, uh, to this point I've had certain offers and all the stuff but I'd, I'd stay with Paul I've started something with him that I will continue with him for as long as I can and then what will be will be from there yeah, obviously you fancy eventually being a manager yourself yeah I think I think it'll be a natural progression for me I'm 32 now still coaching uh, when do you step into management um, I just suppose that I call the combo that don't only have to be based on what Paul thinks for me as I said Paul's a mentor for me and he'll tell me when the time's right rather than me deciding when it is for myself well it sounds like you've got a you know you've got a great guy to work with there which is which is nice but I gather too you keep in touch with a few of the old Jovo lads as well yeah for sure Aaron Davis being one Chris Cohen for two Chris is now coaching at Nottingham Forest doing really well we, we're in contact daily sometimes a couple of times a day swapping Swapping what we believe is the right ideas, the right philosophies about football, where the future goes, will we work together, how we'd work together if it ever comes and stuff like that. So uh, Chris and Aaron are, are two real pals of mine. To, you know, let's see what the future holds with all that. And Aaron's working at Nottingham Forest well now, is he? He is, yeah. He was doing the agent stuff and now he, he, he's dipped back into Nottingham Forest. So they're working for the arch rivals, but... I'm sure we can fix that. I'm sure we can fix that one day. Each. Yeah, absolutely. What a, what yeah. a dynamic trio that would be, wouldn't it? You, Chris Cohen, <laughs> that, and Aaron Davis, eh? I, I couldn't work with just them two. Each they're too good looking for me. I'd have to get someone a little bit less pleasing on the eye to come with me as well, just to just to appease it. Well, I am available for a small fee. Each, <laughs> <laughs> you weren't going to mention it, but I was thinking of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm still, I've still got all the qualities, mate, for a good media officer. So don't you worry about that. I don't doubt it, mate. I don't doubt it. Well, look, so. mate, it's, it's been really great talking to you again, and, and as usual, we'll always keep in touch with a few insulting phone calls here and there. But thanks for coming on the show. It's been really interesting, and uh, we'll talk again soon, I'm sure. Well, that was a little demon scouse, Anthony Barry. Um, he's now up at Wigan, making a, a success of his managerial career, where he's assistant manager to Paul Cook in the uh, the championship. So he's doing really well up there, and uh, that's good to see. So now we come to the gentle giant, um, my very good friend, Mr. Jimmy Agri. Uh, Jimmy was down at the club um, in Gary Johnson's day. We got to know each other very well. He's a smashing bloke and he's got a good story to tell, so you have a listen to this. Well, working for Yeovil Town for 15 years as head of media, I got to meet an awful lot of people and an awful lot of footballers. And, uh, you know, some of them sort of, you know, they came and they went like boats in the night. And others sort of created a lasting impression with you. And certainly one that did uh, was who our guest is today. Uh, I can remember Gary Johnson said to me, there's a new centre-half uh, we've just signed you better get down and take some pictures of him so i went down to the dressing room and there was this guy stood there he was like the proverbial statue of liberty he was huge um but it turned out and i thought better be careful this bloke he's the sort of bloke you know i would like to upset him he's big and uh as it turned out he was a little pussycat and he's turned into one of my best friends and that's uh jimmy agri so welcome to the show jimmy Thank you, Agent. How are you, my friend? I'm all right, mate. Uh, still got dodgy legs, but uh, they shoot horses, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Jimmy, it's it's great to have you on, mate. Um, first of all, I must admit, I didn't know your middle name was Emmanuel. Did they make a film after you or what? Well, some of the younger listeners won't understand but, well, your comment regarding the film, but I think my dad was um, named after, after my, my father, so maybe his 
five or seven and a half, whatever it may be. But um, I've been teased about it many times, but I'll own it. I'm proud of it <laughs> now, anyway. So, so what do you remember of our, our days together at Yeovil? They weren't that long, but we we certainly hit it off when you came down there, didn't we? Do you know what? I remember you just being a kind, smiley man, right? Um, and obviously, you were smiling a majority of the time. You weren't so grumpy like you are now, but because, <laughs> you know, I still love you to bits. It's my, one of my best mates. It, it doesn't matter to me. But do you know what? You were just welcoming like everyone else at the club, and um, we just hit it off, to be honest. Well, we did, didn't we? And then, of course, do you remember all the stick that you took for the photographs we took down at, of all places, Nines? How ironic. I mean, to be honest, it was a lovely location. And I, I just, I knew there was an element of jealousy because I knew with the pictures you took so brilliantly I could have been in the front of like GQ or, or like you said Vogue before you know but the, the guys they ribbed me for a little bit and it was funny good humour but um, listen I owned it I had um, a nice pair of Levi's on with a D&G top and a little Gucci belt and I thought I was you know <laughs> Britain's top model but no it was it was. Um, I remember it candidly and vividly as well you know they went in Fiesta did you <laughs> 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 I didn't get any royalties for that, but hey. <laughs> no, I got the royalties, mate. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> Definitely. So, um, you know, what, what do you remember your time at Yeovil? Because, I mean, you arrived when we were just on the verge of promotion and uh, we actually got it with you in the team as well. You know what? It's strange because I was a little bit sort of apprehensive in joining because it was, for me, it was... Um, the league below from leaving Talk United and um, I wasn't sure what to what, to, what I was going to kind of encounter but when I did get there uh, obviously the, the guys were brilliant and the stadium was a decent stadium in comparison to what I played with before um, top of the league I was thinking okay well they're doing really well why would they need me in a team kind of and um, I played my part but the, the, the training how Gary managed the sessions were, were full of fun but full of learning um, and I really enjoyed just the whole atmosphere and the whole it's the whole like yeah. I put it um, the, the kudos or the modus operandi of the club it was fantastic yeah well the sort of camaraderie as well I expect you know what yeah and there's a few characters in there that were hilarious I mean Gavin Williams was, was just you know a, a, a few seconds short of a picnic but a good, yeah. a good guy yeah. you know um Lee Johnson was a quite methodical guy, but funny, good player. Um, you, you had the likes of Skivo, a big character in the change room, you know. Mm. Uh, you some good characters, a really good set of guys that, that gelled together. Was was Phil Jevons there during that period of time? I think he came just after, just right. after. So who, left. who was scoring all the goals at the time you were there then? It was Kevin Gall and Kirk Jackson. Oh, right, yes, yeah. Yeah, Kirk Jackson. I mean, it was funny because Kirk signed at the same time as me and Skiver was a, was a real big joker then and um, he nicknamed him the Alsatian because he said he he um, he's, he's favoured an Alsatian when he smiled, which was like, oh, I said Skiver, that is brutal. But, you know, yeah. that was the nature of football at the time. But, yeah, he was, Gawley was very, very sharp striker, good, good, yeah. good guy and a good player. I think you know working for a football club you soon realise you've got to have a pretty thick skin to to cope with all the banter that goes around the place yeah definitely and you know sometimes it can be you can put banter under certain guises and sometimes you think oh that's a bit as a very very close mm. you know and, um, but on the whole at Yeovil it was it was 
a really sort of a, a gentle place where as a team we, we kind of looked out for each other so it was a good time for me I remember my first introduction to the sort of the whole culture of Yeovil Town this was long before I'd actually joined the club as, as the uh, head of media uh, Warren Patmore was playing there at the time and uh, I was going to do an interview with him for a newspaper I was running and he said come on down the dressing room and I'll uh, introduce you on that you see so like a mug I went down the dressing room next thing you know, I'm in the shower and I fully clothed but that was that was Warren <laughs> yeah he's a, I, I mean I've come across Warren a few times and he's a he's a, a, a big character yeah and he that, was. that was the sort of thing that happened you know in, in that time and it's a term of endearment if you just getting your clothes wet and stuff and that happens in most workplaces so yeah, yeah that's yeah, that, that's a, that, you, that doesn't surprise me. You've got to take it though, haven't you? Because I remember afterwards, I got out from <laughs> escaped, as it were, and uh, I had to go and do a, a press conference with David Webb because he was the manager at the time. And when we stood there, and, and, and there was a, a, a solid floor, like a lino floor, and my coat was dripping, and you could hear this sort of drip, drip, drip all through the <laughs> press conference. And David Webb says, water leaking around here or something you know, and it was my coat so, so, so I looked very sheepish sort of, nothing to do with me Gov but uh, yeah but it was uh, that was the sort of thing you got used to at Yeovil Town I think that's for sure there's, so, well, there's worse there's worse initiations like in other places so that was quite light that's not bad to me no, I think you're right there but uh, I, I was uh, funny enough I was reading a book about initiations uh, uh, do, you, do you remember the name of uh, a uh, player that played for Manchester United uh, around the time that Ryan Giggs was becoming uh, uh, spotted was a guy called Adrian Doherty I've heard of the name yes yeah well it's it's a sad story actually because he he played for uh, United got a cruciate ligament and uh, anyway cut a long story short the poor guy uh, he had to give up football after I think two years battling this injury and then um, he sadly he, he went he was a free spirit and he, he ended up in Amsterdam not Amsterdam the Hague in Holland and he fell into a river and um, drowned it was a really sad story but uh, yeah, yeah. it's really sad really sad sometimes you know in life you come across characters in, in, in the game when you play and um, you, you often wonder what happens when you retire and to hear that it's quite it's yeah. quite sad honestly. it was because he he was going to be the next big thing up at United apparently but uh, anyway enough about United we're talking about Jimmy Agri here um, uh, talking United 95 games two goals between 98 and 2001 so that that was a, a pretty solid spell in your career for sure wasn't it yeah, it was a solid spell in terms of my, my game time and, and it really enjoyed I learned a lot being there. I wasn't obviously prolific, as you can see from my goal-scoring records. Um, I've got to say I clipped a few bars and hit a few posts, but um, you don't get nothing for ooze or ours, um, even if you are in Devon. And um, basically, I, I learned a lot. I played with some good players there. My... Um, I played with Chris Waddle, played there for a little while for a few games, then um, towards the end of his career. And I played with some, yeah, good players and a good time. And it's, it's a lovely part of the world. So mm. playing there at the time, it kind of, you, you could actually play your football and um, enjoy being by the sea and, and just enjoying yourself in terms of a group. But a young team was a very, very tight group. So a special time, yeah, for me. Who, who was manager at the time then? At the time, there was a guy called Wes Saunders. Mm. Um, he, he was there for a the majority of my time. And, and Colin Lee. Right. Um, oh yeah, so it, it was a, it was a good time there. You know, we had some young players. Wayne Thomas went to Stoke. Um, we had a few players who went. Neville Southall was there. So some good, good, good players. Mm. And then I see you had seventy-one games at TNS or TNT, as I call them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was a change of scenery for me. Um, I, I've got a friend, Gary Brabant, who I played with at Torquay for a while. Um, 
and he said to me look you know the manager is a good friend of his Kenny McKenna would you come and play for TNS I said well let me come and train and see how it was it was the League of Wales and they when they won their league every year they qualified for European football so they qualified to play against Man City in the old UEFA Cup at their new stadium um, in Etihad and I really, really, really enjoyed it. I played in the game. There was David Seaman and goal. There was um, Trevor Sinclair, Sean White Phillips, Robbie Fowler and Nelka. And um, Tarnak, the left-back for Bayern Munich, who I'm sure you'll remember, Asia, from the 99 Man United Bayern Munich Champions League final. Um, and it was, it was just a fantastic experience for me. So that pulled me. The, the league wasn't great when you got through the European games. and But apart from that, I, I met some good people and, and enjoyed my football. Going back over your career, can you remember who would you say is probably the best player you've ever played with? It's a good question, eh? It's a good question. Um, you know, it's not an outfield player, it's a goalkeeper, and like I mentioned him before, Neville Southall. Incredible, incredible human being, incredible keeper. I remember one game um, at the Vetch, Swansea's old ground, and it was 0 0. It was a nil-nil draw. We should have really lost 7-0. Um, they were singing My, 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 Delilah. The atmosphere was fantastic. And, um, and Neville got a standing ovation after the game from the Swansea fans. And even I said to him after the game, you were brilliant. He was just so humble. He just smiled. Didn't take like, compliments very well. But he was outstanding. And that was the latter part of his career. You know, he was 42 at the time, I think. But I, I hate to... I, I couldn't imagine him, what he was like at, you know, in his younger years. I watched him play as a kid on TV. But to play with him was an honour. Fantastic man and fantastic keeper. And any any other players fit into that category? You know, it's, it's, it's strange because I've played with a varying amount of players. But... Um, you know, one of the hardest players I, I, I played against was um, Paul Pesky Solido in training, mm-hmm. you know, or Pesky Solido, however you want to pronounce it, in training at Fulham. Whilst I was there as an eighteen-year-old, and he was very, very sharp. He didn't do much in training in terms of his movement, but when he got a chance to score, he finished, and you couldn't get near him. Um, his low sense of gravity and just his finishing ability. So, it's it's a, it's a one I've played against players who've been more, well, played with players who are more successful than him um, in terms of silverware. But in terms of what he did against me when I trained against him and played against him, he was really, really for me troublesome character but a good player and a good guy so TNS where where was it situated it's based in North Wales just past um, not far from Wrexham past Oswald Street around there so it borders oh, yeah. like you know, it goes past the Welsh border so it's like in a tiny little village I mean to be honest it was literally 200 people watching when you played and it was totally different from what I was used to but um, the European football made up for it at the end of the season or the start of the next season so mm. and a good set of guys there as well and a good manager in Kenny McKenna so um, but wasn't it based on some sort of a, a factory or a business or something or have I imagined that no the chairman had a computer business so I think he must have sold it or his, and he you know made a fair a fair whack from it so he subsidised that the team with his computer company and that's why it was named TNS um, well, Total Network Solutions yeah that's what I was going to Total Network Solutions that's right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah okay so uh, then and then a, a little spell at uh, Bohemians in Ireland really good change yeah I just fancied a change you know um, from, from TNS and um, had a chance to go out and play in Dublin with Bohemians and Gareth Fowley was a young manager the ex-Bolton and Everton midfielder and um, I, I just I ended up signing there. The first game was against Shamrock Rovers in a huge Dublin derby. I mean, there's fireworks. It's live on RTE in Ireland. And I didn't really get the concept of how big the game was, but it's like, it's akin to 
Arsenal, Tottenham, or Man City, Man United when Man United get turned over by Man City. I mean, when Man United play Man City. <laughs> um, and stop, it, it was a. <laughs> stop bumbling, Jimmy. <laughs> so, so basically, it was um, a case of I scored in my debut in this game and. It was just a baptism of fire, to be honest. And the guys explained to me the importance of the game, and it made me kind of a cult hero there. And I really enjoyed my time at Bohemians. Really, really did. It was it was a challenging time in terms of I didn't realise how physical it was. There was players like Paddy McCourt, player with Shamrock, and at court there was Kevin Doyle and Shane Long, and these players were good, good players, good mm. players. Is that Shane Long the same one that plays for Southampton? That's yeah, him. He's a very, very strong striker. He was a young player at the time. I think he was 17, 18. Yeah. But what, he was strong. He chased everything down and he never gave up and he could finish. And he was good in the air and very physical. So you, you don't realise you don't realise how strong he is as a player. Really, really good player. But really good. Underrated, I think. Well, look, we're running out of time now, but I can't finish this interview without mentioning this business about you being an actor. What was all that about? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness I can't believe you brought this one up so um, I've got a friend who, who was on Dream Team a programme on Sky One series and basically he said to me would you like to come on and do a bit of acting I said well come on it's not my forte but anyway he pulled my he, he convinced me and I went on there and he, he gave me a character name of, of William Laurent Diop it basically they said I looked like um, Booba Diop who played for Fulham and Senegal um, but I personally felt I had a I've got a better jawline in him a bit more chisel and a bit more you know pleasing on the eye but I took that and I did a bit of acting there yeah I did a bit of um, a bit of dialogue it was a bit too close to football for me in terms of like you know revisiting the whole football thing so I kind of I brought it to an end after about six to eight months but yeah it was it was a good experience put it that way and I learned a lot about, about camera and film and lots of things about TV that was my very good friend, Mr. Jimmy Agri. And Jimmy's going to come on the show again in the not-too-distant future to talk about a much more serious issue, that of mental health and depression within football. Um, serious stuff, but uh, I think it's something that needs to be heard, and we'll let you know when it's on. So that's it for the very first edition of Golden Oldies. We'll be back next week with some new interviews, which we hope you'll enjoy. In the meantime, keep listening to Three Valleys Radio. a blue shoots up through the stony ground there's no room no space to rent in this town you're out of luck and the reason that you had to care the traffic is stuck and you're not moving anywhere you thought you found a friend You've been listening to Golden Oldies with Lady Hopper on Three Valleys Radio. Love is
This is Three Valleys Radio coverage. Oh, what a shot that is! Of Yeovil Town Football Club, direct from Hewitt Park. 